Welcome to the Farm Commons Podcast. This episode is an introduction to agroforestry. This episode is a little different than our others. I'm the only one talking on it, although I'm borrowing from what others have said. As with all of our other episodes, we're going to discuss both community relationships and risk management in this episode, in the context of the numerous opportunities that exist in agroforestry. What is agroforestry? Agroforestry is an ancient practice. Farmers have been using it since farming began. It's agriculture incorporating the cultivation and conservation of trees, shrubs, and other plants. The Association for Temperate Agroforestry defines it as intensive land management, optimizing the benefits of the biological interactions between trees and shrubs on the one hand and crops on the other. Methods of agroforestry include windbreaks, alley cropping, riparian forest buffers, buffer strips, silvopasture, and forest farming. You can learn more about those practices on sites like aftaweb.org, the National Agroforestry Center, and centerforagroforestry.org. You can also check out the Permaculture Research Institute, and we'll have more resources for you at the end of the podcast. Let's talk about the benefits of agroforestry. Why should you be interested in agroforestry? Well, the beauty of agroforestry is that it has the potential to solve a lot of problems, to help us overcome challenges from the local to the global. For example, smaller farms face a lot of economic challenges. Agroforestry allows farmers and landowners to cultivate additional sources of income and in some cases obtain funding for important environmental work right on the farmland. Also, the drive for land development has made it challenging to preserve multi-use land in sustainable ways. Agroforestry utilizes a lot of permaculture principles that have a positive effect on local ecologies. And the overproduction of farmland can deplete soil and threaten nearby waterways, hurt both the environment and the long-term growth potential of farming. Agroforestry addresses those challenges, too. You should also be interested in it because the USDA has agencies devoted to working with farmers like you on agroforestry projects. The USDA has an agroforestry strategic framework with eight of the department's agencies participating. They work well with farmers and landowners to expand agroforestry practices. USDA-recognized conservation practices include most agroforestry practices, and that means that if you implement those programs on your farm, you can enroll in one or more USDA conservation programs. You can learn more about those programs at the USDA Farm Services Agency website. Participation in these programs might be financially beneficial, and you might be able to receive technical support there as well. Between 30 and 40 percent of U.S. farmland is rented. Chances are you've rented or will rent your farmland, and a whole lot of that land includes forest land. So this is an opportunity you could well fall into. Or if you own your own land, it's an opportunity you might already be ready to take advantage of. It's a great way to help yourself, your community, and the planet at the same time.
So let's talk a little bit about agroforestry programs and risk management. An agroforestry project on wooded farmland can involve any number of trees and shrubs being combined with cropping practices. You've got nut trees and shrubs, fruit trees and shrubs, you've got hardwood trees, softwood trees, herbs and other specialty crops, even mushroom growing operations. These are all possible tools for permaculture-based structural management of a farm using agroforestry tactics. So here are the hassles, just in general, with agroforestry. First, increase length and complexity of operations. Second, different risk management and insurance tools than normal farming. And third, forming relationships with agroforesters. We're not going to talk about all of those in this episode, but we are going to talk about the risk management involved in renting land uh, and using that land for agroforestry. Because if, as is likely, you're renting land, this can also be interesting. That's what we're going to discuss now. You can go back to some of the sources we'll cite at the end of the episode for more exploration of the challenges that I just named. In Farm Commons' Guide to Agroforestry Leases that we'll talk about at the end of this program, because you can get it from us for free, Erin Hannum writes the following. She says, quote, The long-term, intricate, and place-specific nature of agroforestry requires the parties to the lease, the landowner and the farmer, to thoroughly consider and develop unique norms and standards that will govern the long-term arrangement, understanding up front the vision, commitments, and inputs, as well as benefits involved, is a great place to start, end quote. Why might agroforestry be unique? Well, the main reason is that these leases are almost never going to be short-term leases or even short long-term leases. As I wrote in a recently published article on agroforestry that, do, that drew from Aaron Hannum's work, since nature's processes run longer than a few years, an agroforestry lease mirrors this long-term ecological view. The best lease for both landowner and producer often covers at least a few years and up to several decades. The success of such an enduring relationship rests on the details. Drafting rental rates, management provisions, and the division of risk between parties, to name just a few examples, requires careful consideration of the exact plants and animals involved. For example, a landlord and producer may need to agree on a penalty to be assessed against the landlord if the landlord cancels a long-term lease early. A fair penalty takes into account the investment the producer makes on the land. Someone planning to forage for mushrooms makes little to no investment, so a small penalty is reasonable. But a farmer with thousands of dollars worth of hazelnut plants intended for 50 years worth of production will expend something quite different if the landlord cancels the lease after five years. Just like any long-term relationship, crafting a successful lease is time-consuming and requires mental energy. The parties must address questions like who pays for upfront purchases and expenses, how to account for return on investment over time, whether payment will be made through cash rent, crop share payments, or a combination of both, and how to account for the value of mature trees, land improvements made by the tenant at the end of the lease. There are a number of other factors to consider on leasing. You should listen to our new podcast episode, Write It Down, Farmland Leases, for more details, and then take advantage of our numerous free materials about leasing. 
There are more details to this process than I could possibly name here. But if you get discouraged by the details, just keep in mind the benefits of agroforestry. Increased long-term productivity, reduced costs for materials you'd normally get off the farm, but agroforestry and permaculture make it possible to use and reuse more on the farm. You have tremendous marketing opportunities of the product you make. Agroforestry and permaculture are popular right now because people actually enjoy sustainable and regenerative farming. It matches many people's values. Then you have the recreational opportunities. If you're into having people spend time on the property, engaged in sustainable but fun recreational pursuits. And we've already discussed government incentives as another economic benefit. Attorneys can help you, of course, with the details of leasing arrangements. So a lot of the information for what I've discussed in this episode comes from a Farm Commons guidebook written by our lead research attorney, Aaron Hannum. It's called Inspirations for Creating a Long-Term Agricultural Lease for Agroforestry, a Workbook. You can get it absolutely free by going to farmcommons.org, clicking Resources, and then clicking Land Use. You'll see it on the page that comes up. That guide can help you through the process of leasing land for agroforestry and farming purposes, whether you're the lessor or the lessee. And of course, Farm Commons has a digital ton of other free materials. You just have to register at the site, which is also free, and then you'll have enough reading material to last you a few farm seasons on everything from sales and contracts to employment law to food safety to land leasing and more. Also, check out these sources, many of which provided the basis for research on today's episode. There's aftaweb.org, A-F-T-A-Web.org, the site for the Association of Temperate Agroforestry. You've got the Permaculture Research Institute. Check out the USDA's National Agroforestry Center. Also, the Center for Agroforestry. Check out publications like Inside Agroforestry and Agroforestry Today. I also borrowed from a document called Conservation Leasing, a Market-Based Tactic for Advancing Farmer and Public Goals by M.G. Dosky, K.D. McFarland, and G. Bentrip on behalf of the USDA's National Agroforestry Center. And I have an article in the latest issue of Agroforestry Today. That article is called A New Lease on Life with Agroforestry. Thanks for listening, and best of luck. We have not and will not cover everything in these podcasts, and we aren't giving legal advice. Talk to an attorney if you have specific questions about your farming situation. This material is funded in partnership with the U.S. Department of Agriculture Risk Management Agency. Music comes courtesy of Huma Huma and Jason Shaw and Audionautics Music under a Creative Commons license. The executive director of Farm Commons is Rachel Armstrong. Our lead research attorney is Aaron Hannum, and I'm Matt Stannard. Want to contact us? Visit farmcommons.org and click Contact.